Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. It's the new page on the church calendar. We are entering into Advent, so Happy New Year. This is the first Sunday of Advent, and the theme this morning, as we know, is hope. And um, if you like titles, I, I like a title just to hold me together to know what I'm talking about as I prepare, and the title is this. I think it's quite good, actually. Can you, can you congratulate yourself as a speaker? The title, the talk might not be, but the title I like. What next, for heaven's sake? Do you like that? What next, for heaven's sake? Um, there's so much going on in the world, around the world, in our nation, in our island, in our lives, in our homes, in our heads. Um, and uh, there's a phrase that's been around in the last few months, probably, called perma crisis. And in the old days, we used to call it, say, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Remember that one? If it's not one thing, it's something else. And over the next few weeks of Advent, and for those of us that may not know what Advent means, the title, the word means the Latin Adventus, meaning coming or arrival. So over the next few weeks of Advent, we are in a time of preparation and reflection um, for the birth of Christ as we come to celebrate that. But also, we're in a time, you might say, of hopeful longing, hopeful longing for the return of Jesus at the second advent, the second coming of Jesus. Now, um, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, when do you think chocolate advent calendars were first invented? 1940s? 50s? 60s? Someone's saying the 60s. 70s? Not sure. Very Well, actually, according to um, the god of Google, it's um, 1958. Yes, yes. But apparently it was not until the early 70s that Cadbury's jumped on that particular bandwagon. And um, any of you... I haven't had a chocolate advent calendar for a year. For, for a while, actually. Not for a year. <laughs> for a year. For a while. Uh, um, it's nice to know an idiot's up in front, isn't it? So, but you notice that certainly it's got better, but the chocolate used to be quite horrible, didn't it? Cheap, nasty, like, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it wasn't very good. And um, as, as a child with these sort of nasty Advent chocolates, I, I had this instinctive knowledge that Christmas, the presents, presents I would get on Christmas Day would be better. That was the sort of kid I was, full of hope. Um, I don't know if you remember what your presents were typically, but mine were every single year I would always get a jumper. Not, not the Christmas jumpers that you know, we, we get now that are made specifically for the day, but I would get a new jumper. Uh, maybe you didn't get present clothes throughout the year, but you would get them at birthdays and Christmas. That was when you would get the new clothes. And Christmas Day, you would have a jumper. But invariably, it was too small. Anyone remember those times? Or did you come from better homes? <laughs> I, feel, I always feel deprived when I speak at Trinity. <laughs> So, yeah, I remember just pulling, it was always this, pulling the jumper down, and, and there's always the, the collar was always too itchy as well. As, and as you're running around and playing with your cousins and all stuff, but the itchy, and you weren't allowed to take it off because it was your Christmas jumper. And so you just had this sort of rash, and you'd be like this. And it traumatised me so much, I'm, I'm sharing it with you in this open counselling open counseling session decades later. But there was always a sneaking sense at, at Christmas, and again, I know I was probably quite... The more I look back, I think I was probably quite a peculiar child, because I turned into quite a peculiar adult, I suppose. 
but I was probably quite an odd child. I didn't really feel, fit in with my family too well. Um, so, but I always had the sneaking sense that something that I was hoping for hadn't quite happened, that something better was around the corner. Um, maybe, maybe next year, maybe next year would be better. So first of all, I want to ask everyone here this morning, what are you hoping for? What are you hoping for? And does it go beyond this life? And I want you to reflect on that just for about 10 seconds before we feel uncomfortable. So what are you hoping for? And does it go beyond this life? I'm going to leave you with that for a few seconds. So I will give you a definition of hope, a working definition for this morning, for this purpose, and it's this. Hope for this, for this morning is the confident expectation that goodness is coming my way. The confident expectation that goodness is coming my way. Um, I've never much liked the term bucket list. It sort of irritates me, and I, I found that I'm in good company because there's another person that doesn't like it. So it's always good to, you know, misery finds company, doesn't it? So there's another person, John Eldridge, a wonderful author that I'll be touching upon some of this book here this morning, but he doesn't like the term bucket list either. Um, for those of you that want to, to unpack what bucket list means, it means a list of things you hope to do or see or achieve before you die, before you probably kick the bucket. So the trouble is with the bucket list is it can betray our belief, even as Christians, that really this life is all there is. So you have to make the most of it before it ends. And this is our only chance. So there are certain things you'll hear people will say, well, I want to do this or that or the other. That's on my bucket list. Want to see the fjords? Do it now. Camp in the rainforest? Book today. The other, other phrase that uh, you hear, uh, perhaps less so, is FOMO. Who knows what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. It's dri driving us crazy. Um, the psychological uh, journals write that FOMO, the fear of missing out, is an emotional response to the belief that other people are living better, more satisfying lives, or that you are missing important opportunities in life. And they go on to say that FOMO often leads us to feelings of unease, dissatisfaction, depression, and stress. You know, you may feel like you're running out of time to do something or see something or achieve something, and it's driving you nuts. So if you put those two things together, this bucket list mentality and FOMO, it's not a healthy position to be in, either mentally or emotionally or spiritually. So as we enter into this first week of Advent, I want this morning to do one thing in particular, which is to help build hope in you, that confident expectation of good things coming your way, based on what? Not, not blind optimism or you know, anything as shallow as that, but actually on what the Bible has to say. And I want you to know that confident expectation for yourself. So in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, Paul writes this. It's a wonderful, wonderful phrase. Paul says... No mind has imagined, nor uh, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. No one's even imagined how good it will be. And in Romans chapter eight, we read Paul's words. That's why I don't think there's any comparison 
between the present hard times and the coming good times. We can be living an advent calendar kind of life, day-to-day, low expectations, followed by mild disappointment. (laughs) This is not the life that we're called to as Christians. You know, it's true that ever since we lost Eden, there has never been a time when a man and woman walked in paradise with God himself. And collectively and individually, we sense deep down that we lost something special, something we had, and it's been lost. Now, I didn't confess this to the earlier congregation, but I'm going to just try it on you. I'm hoping you'll forgive me, but in September, on the way back from our holiday, we were at Portsmouth. What's that shopping place called? The big... Gulm Wharf Keys. We got there early, waiting to, to get the boat later on or the next morning. Had a bit of time to kill, and I succumbed. I, I, I fell from a great height. I bought a lottery ticket. Because the prize was 152 million pounds. And um, I just bought the one. I didn't really know how it worked. I'm a sort of a, a bit innocent with these things. And I, the lady told us what to do, and she did the numbers for us. Now, some of you are pretending you've never bought a lottery ticket. I know you have. <laughs> I know you have. Um, but the thing is this. I, I chose not to check the numbers for quite a few days. It might have even been a week. Because I wanted to pretend, I wanted to live with this hope that I was actually a Euro Millions winner. So for days and days and days, I didn't open, check the tickets. And that was a temporary unreality. I was using it as a distraction from the fact that I will have to work until I'm at least 67 to pay my mortgage. Okay, Sad as that is. But it was a distraction. It was a hope. And I knew, really, that it was unlikely to happen. Do you know what, how stressed I felt that week? Because I was thinking I'd have to have a board of advisors and I'd have trustees and I'd have to have an accountant that checked the other accountant in case one of them was fraudulent and I had to have all these checks and balances and and it drove me nuts managing 152 million quid. I was so glad that I didn't win. It's awful. But you know, we can choose to meditate on what the Bible says about how everything changes when Jesus returns. And I I want you to begin today and through the time of Advent, let your imagination soak in quite what it will be like when everything changes. So secondly, I want to highlight that the Bible promises that everything will be renewed, including you. Now, as you can see by just looking at me, I clearly go to the gym quite regularly. Delayed, Delayed pause, laughter. It's okay, you can laugh at me, I don't care, I do. Um, so when, an, when my wife, she's over here, when she looks at me, you know, I think she's got this, she's very polite, but she looks at me and she probably thinks, I wish Andy would be restored and renewed. Because you look at, do you ever feel that? You don't, she doesn't feel that, you do. So I know you do. I see that look of faint disappointment when you look at me. Um, we read in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 to 19, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. Be glad and rejoice. How long for? Rejoice forever in what I will create. And in the New Testament, chapter, Matthew chapter 19, verse 28, we read that Jesus himself spoke about the renewal of all things when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne. And even at the very end of the Bible, in Revelation 21, verses 1 to 5, the climax of the story 
takes place with these words which we've heard. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and God himself will be with them and be their God. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. The Bible is very, very clear that heaven and earth will come together, will be reunited, and there will be a second Eden on a restored planet. God's space and human space will overlap. Theologian Tom Wright says this, It is not we who go to heaven, but heaven comes to earth. It's true that this hope is the only hope strong enough to overcome the heartache of this world. Now, I've got an old, rusty uh, Vespa scooter, 22 years old, in in the shed. Um, And I want to renovate it one day, but like most men with projects like that, it keeps getting put off. So it's a renovation job in the waiting. And you might say, well, why don't you just get a new one? Well, I don't want a new one. I like my scooter. It's mine. I've got a relationship with it. We share a common history. I, don't, I could just take, put it out for sale and buy a new one up the road, but I don't want a new one. I want it restored. And we know that God, what God has made is good, very good, so good that he will restore it and live on earth with us again. You know, you might rightly be put off by the idea of heaven because we have never really looked at what the Bible has to say or understood that when Jesus comes, we will live with him on a renewed planet earth for many of us we've held a caricature of a disembodied woolly vague foggy existence that really isn't very attractive at all it's too full of uncertainty but I do highly recommend this book that I brought with me this morning uh, John Eldridge's book all things new and it says here heaven earth and the restoration of everything you love. I encourage you to make it your Advent reading. John Eldridge writes, he writes this, the renewal of all things is meant to be your first hope in the way that God is your first love. And he describes three types of hope. First of all, casual hope. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope the flight's on time. Then he takes us up a level to precious hope. I hope this pregnancy goes well. I hope my medical report is clear. And then he takes us up another level to ultimate hopes. I hope God can forgive me. I hope my mistakes can be redeemed. So you might be asking, should be asking, what will you do when Jesus returns and his kingdom comes in fullness? Everything you were born to do everything you've always wanted to do, everything the kingdom needs you to do, everything that is possible now, but much, much more, with no sin or evil to spoil. We will eat. Who likes that idea? Drink. Keep your hands down. (laughs) Ah, Build, plant. We will explore. We will worship. We will talk. We will learn. We will create. We will have real bodies on a real planet, this one, with God's presence everywhere. There will be nothing to ruin your enjoyment. You can watch Jesus. This is what, my my little list, by the way, 
we're encouraged to write a little list of the things we'd like to do in heaven if you read this book. So this is my little list. Watch Jesus talking to friends and family. Build a farm in open country. Learn the piano. Swim with dolphins in the wild. Ask Noah about life on the ark. Hug the people who shared their faith with you before you received Jesus as saviour. Ride a horse through wooded valleys and river paths. Listen to the songs of angels and join in. I don't know what your list would be, but you know it's okay. We're encouraged to have hope and expectation that goodness is coming our way. And life on the renewed planet will be exactly that, life. We will not be um, in sort of a, a cryogenic chamber. We will be living real life. I actually, um, I have another little confession. I always end up confession in front of large groups. There's something it does to me. There's a dynamic. Strictly Come Dancing. Anyone watch that? I watched a little, a little bit of that recently, I have to say. My wife, you were watching it. Anita was ironing and watching it at the same time, so I got lured in and watched a little bit. You know, and I thought, I'd love to dance like that. And I thought, that's going on my list in heaven. I will have time for dance lessons. Why not? Why not? In Romans chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul writes this, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. And in the book of Revelation we read, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So you and I know the world can be a very dark place in so many ways, but the, days of Jesus, the day of Jesus' return is almost here. His return, his second coming, is not the end, quite the opposite. It's the beginning. And did you know that how you view your future impacts your life now? I'll say that again, it's so important. Did you know that how you view your future impacts your life now? and your present experience more than anything else. Just consider how a young couple feel who are about to be married. Just consider how a child feels about Christmas Day as they open another page, another day on the Advent calendar. And if we believe, if you believe, if I believe the Bible and what Jesus said, we can feel confident that a bright future is going to be given us. A bright future that will not be taken away by anyone or anything. Um, just to uh, say to you recently, uh, with a change in season into the towards the winter with the dark mornings, the changing of the clocks, I hate that time of year, that changeover, waking up to the, the dark, just don't like it. So um, I was online looking recently for some little solar lights for the garden. So as you do, I bought a new clock. <laughs> just wait for that one to drop. Because we always end up going somewhere and buying something that we hadn't intended. So this clock is no ordinary clock, it's called a Lumi uh, sunrise sunset clock and it starts off red goes to amber goes to white and, and goes to the level of light that you choose so it actually mimics the dawn and uh, the sunrise and the sunset and you've got I think 15 different sounds you can choose to wake up to and we, we've chosen blackbirds you can choose crickets and you can choose trains <laughs> well, there's a train coming wake up <laughs> but so um, but we've, we've chosen blackbirds okay to wake up to and we've got our own little uh, piece of Eden, and I'm lying there with my, my head, just the eyelids closed, but you can see the sort of the red and the orange and the light ra being raised, uh, getting brighter rather. And I'm thinking, one day, 
we will wake up. Should Jesus not come back first, we don't know when he's coming, but we will wake up in the second Eden on a renewed planet with God everywhere. Did you ever think about that? We'll wake up and go, oh, this is it. This is the first day of this new life. So if you woke each morning and your heart leapt with hope, knowing that the renewal of all things was just around the corner, might even come today, you would be one happy person. This is your spiritual food and drink. This empowered Jesus who could see what was coming next. The other evening, there was, uh, I was standing in the kitchen, the, it was night time, the window, the blind was up, I could see outside, and there was a flash in the sky. And just for a moment, I thought, is it him? Is it him? A few years ago, I would have hoped, said to myself, I hope not. This, not because I don't love Jesus, but like, I don't know what this heaven's going to be like. doesn't sound that interesting. But now, with the more you dwell on what the Bible says, it's like, please, come, Lord Jesus. His return and the renewal of all things, with God's space and our space being reunited, is a very powerful theme throughout the whole Bible, which inspires hope. Goodness is coming your way. So your hopes, whatever they may be, may be far too small compared to what God has in store for you. The things God has, pre- has prepared for you are an unimaginably better than anything you've experienced so far. And you will be alive, a walking you, a talking you, a breathing you, a living you, an eating you, a drinking you, a worshipping you. So as we dwell on those things, I want to ask you to check again your hopes. If they are limited to this life, then you've cut yourself off from the treasuries, treasures and promises that are in the Bible if your hopes are limited to this life. And if you're tempted by a bucket list mentality or plagued by FOMO, I'd ask you to sit in a quiet place, read a few of the verses that we had read this morning and ask God to renew your hope based on the truth of what's coming your way. Okay, I'm just going to ask if the band would come back up. Is that all right? And I'm just going to say a very quick prayer for us all. Please, let's just close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you for your promise of new heavens and a new earth, for the renewal of all things, and we thank you for the hope you pour into our lives. Lord, we pray at this time of global uncertainty and personal challenge and stress. We pray that this hope will change our perspective and colour our whole experience, even today, this week, through Advent and beyond. And I pray, Lord, as we live in this time between the first Eden and the second Eden, that we may share with others the hope that only you can give. Amen.